Yes, now it works. Yes. Live radio is such a dramatic thing. Doesn't help much if I come in and change things up. Although this is a much better setup. I like this much more gooder. Good morning. GS Plumbing Talk Line is 1-800-905-0989. The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. Aren't you glad that you don't live in the United Kingdom? If you're not, you should be. For a lot of reasons. Now, one of the reasons that you should be glad that you don't live in the United Kingdom is because in the United Kingdom, you are a subject. You are not a citizen. They would tell you differently. They'd be like, oh, Bill, that's such such bold dash. But right now what they're saying is, cold, it's frightfully cold outside. Because they're going through a cold snap. Now, here's the problem with this. Britain, Britain is responsible for 2% of all global emissions. So if the U.K. were to sink into the English Channel and go away and not be there ever again, no change would be felt on the planet because 2% is not a very high percentage. Now, having said that, they have gone all in on the green agenda, although that's getting pulled back a little bit. But they they got out there and they, they put out a bulletin to the people out there to stock up on battery-powered lights, and figure out the whole heating, staying warm thing. <laughs> because they're concerned that there's going to be a grid meltdown. And I don't know if that's just, uh, you know, hyperbole that they're saying or if, they're, if they actually believe it's just in such a bad condition. So they're right now, even with all the stuff they've got going on, what they're doing is they are importing Electricity. They've been spending uh, two billion pounds a year importing electricity, and they are reliant for gas for uh, about two thirds of the power they use right now. And where they're holding COP28 is they try to do away with fuel. They're being reminded by the fine people in Dubai that fossil fuel is very important, but and that's of course giving them an issue. But uh, they're they're experiencing a cold snap in the UK right now. And the chief executive of Nation Gas says he expects demand from gas-powered stations to be maxed out from today and throughout the weekend. And uh, he said, the more we build up our reliance on wind and solar power, which can be disrupted by the weather, the worse the risk becomes. See, this is a thing. This is why solar power is an augmentation. It is not a replacement. This is why wind is an augmentation. It is not a replacement. Solar panels on your house to make your power bill go down are a good idea. Solar, pan solar panels on your house as your sole means of power is a horrible idea. Do you hear that in the background, Maestro? Oh, okay. Maestro is so good. I can just I can I can say one thing, be completely I not even know what I'm talking about. He fixes it. What 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 were you, what are you gonna say? Uh, no, I just I appreciate it. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I can completely get the technical term wrong. He just fixes it for me. Yeah. So I just know things. Just know things, and he's wearing <laughs> his Joe Rogan headphones today. Yep. Too. So he's feeling good. I like it when he's feeling good. So anyway, I don't have any Joe Rogan headphones. I I don't. I, the Sennheisers. I, 
No. Yeah, they're Sennheisers. Yes, I know. Yeah. I, I wear the Sonys. Uh, the Joe Rogan ones are, are nice. Well. These are old, though. Yes. But, but, <laughs> it, it's only because, you know, Joe Rogan has become one of those stars where people take a picture of him and then they start looking for the clothing he's wearing. Yeah. Yeah. I've never bought into that. Me either. Never been a thing I wanted to buy in. I don't, there's nobody I worship enough to get out there and go, what kind of socks are those, man? <laughs> yeah, I don't like famous people that much. Well, it just depends on who they are, really. But uh, as far as liking them, but as far as wanting to emulate them, no, I don't think so. Yeah. So do you want to be like the Brits? How would you like it if you, what's the temperature today? Let me look on the old, uh, on the old Chinese chain right here. 48 degrees right now. Can you imagine 48 degrees with no heat? With no heat? With no heat. Yeah. I mean, I, could, I, could, I guess it would get pretty cold, huh? It would get very cold. Yeah. Yes, it would. And a lot of old people would die. Yeah. And uh, a lot of other people would die due to hypothermia if they didn't have layers or if they didn't have things. Uh, and then all of a sudden, everything that's made of wood would begin to vanish. Because it'd be getting burnt. All the furniture stores would be looted. Just for looking for a, a means for, for heat. And that's that. this is what all of this uh, COP28 is bringing. It, it, is a, it is a death sentence in some cases because solar is never, is never going to be ready for the, for the handoff. Solar is only good for half the day. Now, one day we'll have the technology... To throw a gigantic solar panel into space, and then we will tether it with a cable that's about nine miles wide, and it will come down to us and be tethered to the earth, and then we'll be able to catch the power that will be transmitted without any loss whatsoever via this cable, and we'll be able to use solar then. Until we're doing that, your solar panels on your house are just to help you save some money on the power bill. Some of you will go, but Bill, I don't even have to pay a power bill right now. Well, that may be the case, but is it always going to be the case? Because that's wholly dependent upon the weather, isn't it? So I, I get a kick out of the fact that they're out there going, we're all going to die because of global warming. And in the interim, they're setting up everybody to die because they freeze. Or because of the malnutrition that comes because you just can't eat enough grasshoppers. There's not enough grasshoppers out there. You can't bread those things enough to make them tasty. So then you're not going to want to eat them. And then guess what? Then you die of starvation. It's, it's a horrible thing. It's just a circular firing squad. And all because we're, we, we have governments that are completely jacking up. They're perfectly functioning power systems that run on fossil fuel that is dependent on nothing. It doesn't matter about the weather. It doesn't matter whether it's dark or sun shining. It just burns and generates electricity. We won't go to nuclear. Nuclear would work. We could do nuclear power. You guys want to get rid of some of these coal-fired generators? Nuclear is your answer. That's the only technology that's ready to take the handoff. But we're afraid of that, aren't we? We're afraid of nuclear. Well, that's a good question I'm being asked. How would I bred my crickets or my grasshoppers if I didn't have any power or gas? I guess the question becomes, why would I bred them? 
I could always chop up my easy chair and cook them on that. But that means that my uh, that means that my meal selection is going to be limited to how much furniture I have that is combustible. So, in England, the only reason they should be having uh, an electrical problem would be uh, you know lines being blown down or the London Blitz during World War II or some sort of biblical event. And other than that, what they got going on right now is all self-inflicted. Yes, they do hold elections there. Yes, they do elect their members of parma, uh, parliament, which they call them the MPs, and the uh, prime minister. They elect that cat, too. And they have voted for this. They have voted for this. And it really doesn't matter because in the interim, uh, in the interim, what's going to happen is uh, they're going to be completely inundated by Islamics, and uh, it's going to become a, 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 a nation state of Sharia law. Congratulations. So I wouldn't, I, I'm my, I have family there. I'm, half of my family is there. Half of my relatives are there and I will never get to go see them in person. And I wish them the very best of luck because where they're at right now today, there's not enough pounds out there to pay me to go live there. One thing, and I heard Tara talking about this, it's beginning to look like the Democrats are trying to pre-position Nikki. <laughs> Which, I don't know what I'd be saying if I was in her campaign to sort of try to take that one away. She's, you know, she tries to wear those conservative heels. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. All right, disclaimer. Former ambassador and governor of South Carolina, Nikki Haley, does not personally solicit funds from the major Democrat groups. I'm almost certain of that. I say that without really knowing what I'm talking about. So I'm trying to give her the benefit of the doubt here. However, however, I mean, even the PAC that supports her is not soliciting funds from Democrat donors. But... The Haley-linked SFA fund did not turn down Reed Hoffman. Reed Hoffman is the LinkedIn billionaire, and he offered $250,000 to the SFA fund. And uh, the SFA fund said, thank you very much to that one. And then enter Jamie Dimon. Jamie Dimon is one of these guys that, I, you know, I, I don't think he needs to be hit in, in the terms of in the military sense of, you know, doing a hit on him. But he does need to be punched because that dude is always wanting to insinuate himself and be like a kingmaker. And those kind of guys that abuse their position like that really, really sort of get me stirred up. So um, he urged Democrat donors last week to rally behind Nikki Haley as an alternative to Donald Trump. And... Enter this guy, which this guy is a big Democrat donor because he's a billionaire. Billionaires, for whatever reason, they want to see Marxism because they've already got theirs. Which brings us to the great one. Rush, Rush Limbaugh run, ran something called Operation Chaos in 2008. 
And uh, <clears throat> he wanted to extend the primary fight between Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton to help the Republicans gain traction in the general election, which during that one, I think that was John McCain, which that would have been an awful lot of traction gained. Now, this is not what Hoffman's trying to do. Now, Hoffman is committed to stopping Trump, and uh, he's very committed. He has purportedly spent $100 million in the 2020 election cycle, but ended up crosswise with the establishment of the Democrat Party for his attempts to eclipse them in their fundraising and spending. So two hundred fifty grand for him. I mean, when when you're a billionaire and you look at two hundred fifty thousand dollars, that's valet money. That's you know, that's nothing. That's a very modest investment. But here we have a major Democrat donor now contributing to one of the packs associated with Nikki Haley, and they're not turning it down. They also, however. <laughs> They also have, uh, he also donated $500,000 in June to the Pro Christie Super PAC. And uh, they're not mentioning whether he's tried to send any money to, uh, to Ron DeSantis. And probably, I would guess not, because Ron DeSantis is very much like Trump without the uh, Twitter stuff happening. And, uh, DeSantis is more of a populist. He's more of an America first guy, which is not in the mold of what the conservative party has been turned into. I'm no longer conservative at all. I'm a populist. I'm America first, wherever that falls. I'm pro-constitution, wherever that falls, which whoever comes closest to my, uh, my definition of what I'm looking for, they get my vote. Haley's more of a, you know, a, a Jeb Bush in a skirt sort of conservative. And Chris Christie, he's a moderate who gets out there and he's constantly trying to tell you, hey, listen, you're just wrong. You don't know what happened when Trump was when Trump was in here. He was bad. Now, I remember Christie sort of wanting to be in the Trump administration. I don't know to what degree. And I know that he backed Trump for a minute. But, you know, Trump ruffled a lot of, a lot of feathers because Trump went from being you know, a reality TV guy, you know, your, your fired guy, you know, the apprentice guy. He went from being that billionaire guy who got a, a, a TV show to being the president without being a senator or U.S. representative or a governor or, or anything. He came in and he did the impossible. H. Ross Perot tried to do it. Didn't work. I don't know who's going to be the next guy to pull that off. Elon Musk might pull it off. He could. He might could. Just depends on how he does a few things. And Elon Musk is he, he's definitely not uh, he he is very pro First Amendment without a doubt, but I don't know where he falls on the rest of the stuff. I do know that he's taking all the free money on Tesla. I mean, if I if I had the money to invest and put it into an electric car company, I'd do it just simply because the government is giving so much free money to these things that even with the slowdown on it, there's no way well, there's there's a way to go bankrupt on those, I do guess. Because a lot of them are, aren't they? Maybe I would scrub that and just go with the whole uh, Starlink thing. I would do the Starlink thing with, with, with Elon. I would do that in a, in a heartbeat. But anyway. It's interesting that they look at Haley and they say, this is a Republican we could tolerate. 
And that should be like an emergency klaxon to you right now. Because Haley would tolerate Palestinians coming here. Which I'll use that term simply to use as a descriptor because we know where they're coming from and we know who they are and what they are. And there are no non-radical Palestinians out there. There's not some Palestinians that are out there that are like a member of the Ruritan Club in, in Gaza. That, that They don't exist. They back Hamas. So, so you know, and, and this is somebody's t- saying that this is Trump is Rodney Dangerfield from Caddyshack, all the rich elitist help. Yeah, I get that. You know, he, he he's a guy that went out and made his bones on his own. You know, his father loaned him a, you know, small, he, for, he, he fronted him a small loan of a million dollars, and he went from there. But it, it's a long way to go from a million to a billion. I mean, that's 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 a little bit of a buildup. It's a foot up without a doubt, but, I mean, he's got to come up with the other 999 million to get to that first billion. Yes, sir, what are you going to say? That, that's true, you know, but, like, when he said that, you know, it's just like, yeah, it's just, he's— it's like, oh, yeah, it's just that happens. A small, Everybody does it. Just a small load of a million dollars. Everybody's just like, that's a small loan. <laughs> yep. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, having said that, uh, I find it interesting the way this one is going because they are, when you look at the polls and you look at the spread and everything right now, even. Even Biden got out there the other day and said, I would not be running if Trump was not running. Because he thinks he's, he believes he got 81 million votes, which is hilarious. That's, you know, the resident has really, this, that's the sign that he is demented when he sits out there and he goes, I got 81 million votes. There was a 40,000 vote difference in these key battleground states that they stole, those key battleground states. And that was what made the difference. And he's completely unaware of that. He believes he's, he, he believes he's more popular than Obama. Trump's more popular than Obama. Trump might get into the 85 million vote category because he's been bleeding off core constituencies of the left like black America and Hispanic America and Asian America and some Jewish Americans. They're all coming to this realization of how bad the leftist agenda is and they're migrating over here because... Trump's getting out there, and I just heard him on the news where he says, I'm going to close the border, and I'm going to open the spigots. And you know what? When it, If he wins the election, the day he wins the election, gas prices come down, and business starts to perk up the day. And the day he becomes president, we the, the border, tr- that turns into a trickle. Because when these guys get turned loose, and Trump, in a President Trump in this next if he wins and he's the president for the next four years, he's completely unrestricted. He has nothing on him. He's not running for a re-election. He's just going to be able to go do what he does. Coming up next, we're going to talk to Jonathan Feldstein in Israel and find out how things are now that they've decided to flood the 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 uh, the tunnel system in Hamas. As things have things kicked up, what are they looking like in Israel? We'll be right back. This is News Talk ninety eight nine W O R D.
GS Plumbing Talk Line is 1-800-905-0989. The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. Joining me now, somewhere deep in Ahad, Israel, is Epoch, Time, Epoch Times correspondent Jonathan Feldstein. How are you doing, sir? Hey, Bill. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. How are things in Israel now that they've decided to do uh, take the whole tunnel system out of operation? Are things ticking up? Well, as it happens, uh, just a few hours ago, I was on the Gaza border with a pastor friend from Texas. Uh, we were visiting soldiers and handing out uh, protein bars and hand warmers and trying to bring in cards, but also learn ourselves. Um, I don't know that anything's heating up specifically today, but I will tell you that overhead we heard the sound of very precise uh, artillery fire coming from the Israeli side. Right. We saw plumes of smoke from the other. And the thing that we did not witness was an all-out slaughter of massive artillery fire. And that tells me that Israel is being super precise, which we should be. Um, and that makes me proud. We're going to defeat them without uh, unnecessary uh, human suffering on the other side. And that makes me very proud. So they, they, they have... Uh... They have ground, you know, boots on the ground and intel coming back to them, so they could probably be very precise. That means that somebody's out there painting these targets from a distance, doesn't yeah. it? It, it? Well, yes, and, and without going into details, my son's unit went in two days ago. And, right. And my son-in-law is involved with that, and, and yes, the targets are very, very precisely picked. There are videos, which is astounding of buildings being blown up, which is by our engineering corps. Right. Uh at, next door to another building that's not damaged. You see the crumbling of one building <laughs> and the other building remaining completely intact. So anyone who says that this is a genocide really needs to look at the engineering that's going on, how precise this is being, and the tunnels taken out. Um, yeah, I've seen some stuff that's a lot of TV images and some images that are not for publication, and I know that we're being precise. Well, uh, I, I don't think most people understand the level of precision or how you get to that point. When you get people on the ground, when you have assets on the ground that are in the forward position and they can see the targets they want to hit, <clears throat> those targets are going to get hit precisely because both yep. they, artillery and aircraft have munitions that can guide right into where they want that to go. And, 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 and at that point, and, and, yeah. And, and we're doing that, and that's the important thing. People are talking about a genocide. That's the only genocide came from the comes from the from the Arab and Islamist side. Yeah, we're we're being super precise, super precise, and we can't believe the numbers that are coming out of Gaza because it's coming out of a Islamic propaganda. But but even if it's half of that, we still haven't even begun to get rid of all the terrorists. Well, you so know. We're, we're, I, I, you know, the, this is the thing with war, though, Jonathan. War is indiscriminate, and war is hell. And when so, you got one side that doesn't want to be at war, and you got the other side that wants to exterminate the yeah. other side, well, then uh, sometimes you're going to get what you get, and uh, that's the thing. Uh, I have heard that Al Qaeda and ISIS are planning to ramp things up for the Western world as we come into the holiday season. Uh, will that do anything with Hezbollah? Will they get that? Will, they, will you have to start looking uh, north to them and start seeing things and start having to worry about that? I don't know what the calculations of Hezbollah are. That's a very good question. Uh, yesterday, when I was doing another interview, just moments before, there was a huge barrage of rockets that came from Lebanon. Um, I think that the I think the problem with Hezbollah 
is that they the, the biggest problem is that it's estimated that um, they have 150,000 not rockets but precision missiles right. that can take me out in my in my home office if they want and that's unnerving right. but but based on the cache of weapons that was found in Gaza today I believe that our estimate is probably low um, personally if it were up to me as soon as we take out the main leaders in in Gaza I would be doing a preemptive attack in Lebanon and hoping and hoping that the U.S. military with the aircraft carrier Eisenhower that's stationed not far away will at least provide cover, if not participation. And then the next stop would be Tehran because we need to we need to hit them. Um, otherwise, if we just kick that can down the road, it'll be at their at their leisure. And we can't do that. That'll See, be the next battle. And, 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 and uh, you know, I'll be honest. I, I think one of the reasons that all of this has happened is because of the president we have in place right now. I, I don't think none of, any of this would have happened uh, with Trump in place. I, I think when they saw our withdrawal from Afghanistan, that everybody out there was just, they rubbed their hands together and they looked at the cache of weapons that we left back there. And I'm sure you guys are facing some of those right now. And uh, Well, yeah. That, 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 so I don't disagree with the message and the message that the U.S. presence here now also speaks to allies or potential allies. However, as as um, misguided as the administration may be, as inept it was the withdrawal from Afghanistan and, other, and, and bartering, uh, bribing, paying off uh, uh, ransom to Iran, tens of billions of dollars. I mean, this is ridiculous. As as true as all of that is, let's first and foremost not uh, um, um, make sure that we put the blame where the blame is due, and that's on the Islamic terrorists. Sure, and absolutely. The the the, the, the the venom of that is coming from the uh, regime in Iran. Yeah, those guys are quite opportunistic little cowards. They, they love to attack non-combatants. <laughs> and then, you know, the, I mean, I would think twice about facing the IDF. When I was a younger man and I was at the height of my power and I was in the military, I would have thought twice about wanting to face the IDF just simply because of uh, – what makes the IDF different from a, any other military on the planet is that they have had to learn to make do with what they got sometimes. So yes. much yes. like much in the same way that Cuba still keeps uh, cars running that are, <laughs> you know, 70 years old. In in that same yeah. way, you guys have taken aircraft like the, the, the Cobra gunship and it's gone through the various generations as you guys have updated it and upgraded it. It's still, still one of the, you know, top of the class attack helicopters out there. Uh, you know, all of your all of your man man portable weapons, you guys have repurposed them and regen recycled them and turned them into something more than they were in the beginning. Uh, and I can only imagine the uh, the 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 uh, the smarter munitions that you carry that are crew served or whatever that you you figured out how to employ them. You've got the Iron Dome, you've got all that other stuff. So I would think twice about wanting yes. to face the IDF. Of course, I'm not a seventh century savage. <laughs> that's probably the problem there. So yeah, somebody that isn't a seventh century savage would think twice and they would look at that and say, I don't think I want to tangle with those guys. So, so I think it's time that we take out the seventh century savages. Yes. I, Hey, I don't disagree with you because it's not because you're the only target. You're just the closest. Dog. You're the most convenient. No, they, they want to spread they're, this. They're, I mean, they're, Europe, they're... Europe needs to be looking over their shoulder. Everybody in Europe needs to be looking you're... over their shoulder. And I mean, here you're in the United States, will, here in the United yeah, States, we got to, you know, they're, they're knocking on the door there. And something you said earlier in terms of ISIS or or uh, or, or, or any Islamic group trying to heat up things in and about the United States. You know, the border there is porous. 
Yep. Um, and, and anyone could have, could have, could have come in. And, um, you know, I pray that that's not the case. I really pray that's not the case. Jonathan got nowhere to go. I mean, he's in Israel and they're coming after him there. If he comes over here, they're coming after him here. I mean, so we just got to go ahead and take care of this. Jonathan, uh, Thank you for taking the time to join me. I will be in touch, and we'll do this again very soon. Jonathan Feldstein, check out his stuff at apoctimes.com. And genesis123.co. There you go. There you go. Bridging the <laughs> bridging the, the, the chasm between Jewish and Christian peoples. That bridge is out there. When we get back, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you what generational gun control does and how it puts everything at risk. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. All right, really quick. Somebody out there needs to help me. Is it Epoch Times or Apoch Times or Epoch Times? Uh, somebody was uh, trying to give me a... Give me a pointer on that one. I, you know, I don't claim to be the all-master being of time, space, and dimension. I just try to work it out where it sounds that way. The GS Plumbing Talk Line is one 800 The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. I'm going to give you a quote from a guy named Paul D. Tripp. Foolishness is more than just being stupid. It is that deadly combination of arrogance and ignorance. Now, as good as the IDF is right now today, when they carry their weapons, in most cases, they carry the weapon without a round in the chamber. That doesn't sound like much. Everybody, oh, Bill, but that's just so safe. What if they drop the gun? Of course, that would stop the uh, negligent discharge, wouldn't it? Yes. Yes, it would. Yeah, it would. In fact, uh, as a matter of fact, if you don't even have a magazine in it, it won't go off at all. But then it ceases being a gun. It becomes a gun-shaped paperweight. Now, I saw I saw some Israeli ambulance drivers coming in. And uh, there was one of them was coming in with a gurney. And he had his weapon up at eye. He had his weapon up at his eye, eye level because he was looking at the sights with it at a 90-degree angle. He had his hand on the back of the slide because he did not ha- yet have a round chamber. As he's coming in with the gurney... Um, as he's coming in with the gurney, without chambering around, he's, he's ready to pull the slide. He's ready to press the trigger. He did get shot prior to making that move. Under the very daring military genius, his name is Judas Maccabeus. He was called the Hammerer. And uh, he was the author of the famous Maccabean Rebellion, celebrated by Jews to this day as Hanukkah. We witnessed southern Israel conquered by Babylonians in 586 B.C. Well, we witnessed an independent Jewish state emerge in Palestine and exist there for 79 years between 142 B.C. and 63 B.C. 63, Judea and all of the Palestine became a vassal state under imperial Rome. Then an autonomous Jewish state would not reemerge for another 2011 years till 1948 A.D., and then it would become Israel. But this was a British protectorate. And during that time, you had a lot of frightened Jewish people that were congregating there after World War II that were looking for some place to go where they could find refuge, and they were smuggling guns in wholesale. They, you know, packed in with the 
with with mom's underwear and with the children's toys. They packed in a bunch of stuff. And some of them were absolute junk. The British, of course, were very wary of having a armed armed population. The British royal family were scared to get to death when the Romanov family in Russia was assassinated by an armed population. And King George the Sixth uh, and Russian Tsar Nicholas II were cousins. See, so they they were connected to that. So, ever since then, the British wanted to make sure that only the government had guns, the monopoly on violence. So, when the Jewish people were smuggling these guns in, a lot of these guns were junk, and they were accidentally firing them a lot, which is not accidental; it's a negligent discharge, and. Well, first of all, when they when they emerged as an autonomous government, they were now in a position to where they could actually have guns, modern guns, without rounds, you know, and and actually have a round chambered and have this stuff, uh, all of that stuff, all of these worn out things were just could be retired, and they didn't do it. They did not do it, and to this day, the reason, the reason that the IDF does not run around with a round in the chamber is because of the gun control that was put down by the British back in the early days after 1948. And this is an obsolete practice on their part. In a self-defense situation where a gun is going to be involved, if a guy with a knife is 21 feet away from me and I have a gun in a holster... He is probably going, if I'm not doing something to break the line of sight, him coming in on me, in 21 feet, he can cover that before I can get the gun up and out unless I'm really quick. And even if I do it, his momentum of his body, the handgun rounds are not going to stop him. So he's going to hit me unless I'm doing some movement. And if I had to also add to that in the equation, chambering around, I'm just dead. I'm just going to be stabbed 22 times. Chalvin in prison. We have put the old things aside, and we need to do that with everything in society. But like the, the weapons during the time of the Revolutionary War, they're in a museum now. They're no longer, they're obsolete. They don't fit today's world. And it would be really nice for the Israelis if they would simply take the time to catch up and say, you know, today's modern handguns don't go off unless you pull the trigger. And that's the ultimate safety is that index finger where you put it. Some of you already know that, though. (laughs) But the Israelis need to be successful in this. This is just one little scintilla of a tip for them if they wanted to adopt that because we need for them to be successful because everybody's good health depends on that. We can beat them over there or we may have to beat them over here. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD, the voice of the Carolinas.